Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Hello and welcome once again to the Phoenix 5-0-Info show. I'm your host, Lieutenant Vince Lewis of the Phoenix Police Public Affairs Bureau. And once again, we're coming to you from police headquarters in downtown Phoenix. I'm joined today by two of my favorite people on this planet, Sergeant Robert Scherer. Welcome back. Good morning, boss. And Sergeant Brian Bauer. How are it's you? It's a pleasure. Good, good. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Who is your favorite, boss? Let's just get right to I'm that. I'm going to keep that close to the Okay, best. I yeah. figured. But. It's the one that's not in the room right now. <laughs> Regardless, we want to talk today about a, a really serious issue. So it's yeah. fall. School's in session. We've had a couple of these issues pop up, but we continue to see these issues pop up, and we're going to talk about threats to schools, threats to the children, threats to the administrators, threats to the students, threats to the school itself. But these threats come in from various different avenues. Sometimes they're phone calls, sometimes they're, they're verbal, sometimes they're scrawled on the bathroom wall, which is a thing. Sometimes they're social media posts, which is kind of what we're seeing trending, unfortunately, these days because social media is so prevalent. It's almost as if it's like the new fire alarm. You got finals coming up or you've got, you know, problems or issues at school, you want to avoid the campus. We've seen people use this as a tactic to either disrupt the event, disrupt the school itself, which is a serious crime, disruption of an educational facility. But uh, these ignorant people are using these tactics to create chaos, to uh, incite fear, which is sad, it's scary, but as a parent, you guys can relate. We're at home and we hear that a threat's been made to a school where our kids go. Um, we get hyped up too, even as police officers, because we don't really know, but we treat everything serious. We treat everything as, a, as an emergency until proven otherwise. Now we will be measured in our response and we want to try to use logic ahead of that, but you can't help but have it be an emotional situation. Am I right, guys? Yeah, I specifically had an incident with my oldest um, when she was at high school. That exact thing happened. Um, obviously, I was calm and collected for the most part. Um, but did I go snag her from school very calmly? Absolutely. Because, um, you know, as a parent, we, we all make it our it's, – it's our world. And when it's our world and you think the worst um, – and even as law enforcement, when we're responding to these, we're responding presuming an emergency because that's the way we have to respond. Um, and they're large-scale responses – it's a large issue if it becomes valid. Um, but, yeah, any kind of response, even, you know, as a law enforcement professional or, or a parent, for that matter, is going to be significant because you're thinking think of the worst, at, you know, right out of the chute. And Sergeant Bauer, same? Same thing. It reminds you that uh, the importance of communication with the schools, you know, adding yourself to those alerts. Uh, I know my school with the kids, every time there's a situation that happens, whether it's they're missing a school bus or a delay of some sort, there's always a text notification letting me know and keeping me understanding what's happening, what's happening, what's taking place. So it keeps me a little bit more calm because, yeah, without that information, uh, things get very stressful. And you got some numbers you want to share? Yeah. So the numbers that I have to share are from last school year. We had 400 different cases of reported school threats uh, in Phoenix alone. Uh, that's that's a huge number and out of those 400 every single one of those have been investigated whether it's by the patrol level a uh, vast majority of these go up to different detective bureaus uh, they court uh, they use these cases and it's not just one detective bureau they're going to work with other detective bureaus to really come to the the fine details of 
who sent these threats, uh, if it's local, because a lot of these threats that people don't understand is they're coming from across the country and they're just reposting the threat and it just starts hitting like wildfire. So out of those 400 reports, there's 20 different arrests. And again, that's a lot of investigation takes time to go through these search warrants of phones, IP addresses, a lot more than what I'm aware of. But that's a, a huge number of, of people arrested for these that either they're ignorant, they just don't know, or uh, they're just criminal in, in nature. Uh, also want to throw out that there's 49 subject with gun school, uh, guns at the school that were called in last year as well. And 25 of those were arrested. So it just gives parents a better understanding that it's very important to know uh, what your child is into, read their text messages, get involved with them, ask them those tough questions uh, so that you're aware of it and that they feel comfortable coming to you if they're safe. So there are actual dangers involved to a degree because we have seen kids, students at schools with dangerous weapons and dangerous instruments. So we know it's not a, a false alarm overreaction. But there's opportunity to overreact. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of times, uh, even within the school atmosphere, it's going to spread like wildfire within the school element, within, you know, peers, students, going to go to teachers, and that story's probably going to overdevelop, if you will. Um, it doesn't limit that danger possibility, obviously, you know. Um, like like Sergeant Bauer said, you know, we had 25 arrests of kids. You know, one of the most recent ones this year was back on September 7th. We highlighted it on our, on our social media platform. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real danger. That one was odd because it kind of was accompanied with a couple threat calls that were deemed not valid. In the midst of that, there was also this subject with a gun call that ended up being a student. If you look at that social media post, you can see the type of reaction and t type of response you're going to get from law enforcement. We're coming to take care of the problem and we're going to put ourselves in harm's way to do so because of the type of danger that can come out of that type of call but um so yeah it's kind of back and forth we understand the danger um but even in that case you're going to get some threat calls that that are not substantiated within that and that one spread like wildfire quick luckily we got there and handled it quick and we were able to let parents know through the school and through our um you know through our contacts with media that it was wasn't a, a large-scale deal, not that a gun at school isn't, but um, it wasn't substantiated like those threats uh, indicated, you know, along with that call. So let's talk about the anatomy of a threat. So let's just, for example, take a post. Somebody ha walks their phone, a student walks their phone up to an administrator or an SRO, a school resource officer, or a parent or somebody and says, I saw this. It's a photo of, let's just say it's a gun, and it's mentioned in the post some type of threat. Sometimes there's a, a, a date or a time mentioned where something's going to happen. Uh, everybody needs to, you know, do whatever it is that they say that they, they want you to do in the post. And, and, and it mentions a high school. Let's just throw an example, say, a um, central high school. Now, we have a central high school, but everybody has a central high school, correct? So w let's just start with what happens when uh, either student show that to uh, a parent or a responsible adult? Yeah, the vast majority of the times, the school immediately goes into a lockdown procedure uh, because, again, they're unsure of exactly what the validity of that threat is. And I hate to use the uh, time-tested story of the boy who cried wolf that it keeps happening so many times. Uh, last year, 400 different times that police have been called to different Valley schools. Um, 
but we as the police department, we're always going to react as if this is a valid threat and we're going to make sure that the, the safety of the students, the staff, and the community are the first most priority thing that we, we get to. So uh, lockdown yeah, procedures, lock though, are like, uh, there's, that's like an imminent or, or an ongoing threat, right? So let's just talk about the investigation of the post itself. Mm -hmm. So let's just say it's not imminent. There's no lockdown, but the post has been brought to the attention of somebody with authority. What kind of things are going to happen on our side, upon the police side? What are we going to do with that? Well, the first thing is uh, it's going to be initially investigated by that patrol officer. Uh, so if there's a school resource officer, they're going to do that initial one and, and try to find out the validity of that threat. Um, they'll also do their background on uh, gathering names, uh, trying to find out what social media app this came from. Uh, once they write that down into a report, then it goes to a detective bureau, whether it's uh, detectives at Homeland or a lot of the times it gets followed up by our assaults crime detectives, and they'll continue that investigation. So I remember the, the detectives that worked for me in Homeland, when I was uh, there, we had social media detectives, and we had threat liaison officers whose specialty were just the threat calls. They were able to take a look at the, the, uh, the, the viability of that threat, whether it's credible or not, and to help to identify a person or an original source of that post. But, Rob, are you familiar with some of these posts and how they're collected or how they're created or where they come from? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of source, you know, open source info. Um, and it's, it's like you said, that that um, fire drill, you know, type thing or, or fire alarm that used to be back in our day to get out of a test, you know, do not do that. You know, I know a lot of our audience is not that high school student, but maybe some of the parents of those high school students, it, it, please ensure they know it is not, that's not the recourse or that's not the action to do. You're going to get charged with felonies. Um, and our, our assaults unit and our Homeland Defense Bureau, you know, in those cases where it's a nationwide trend, I think a few months ago we had one that ended up being a nationwide trend over a week, and we continually get it, got schools in. Homeland had a huge um, effort in that, recognizing this was a national trend, this is what happened in this state, this state, this state. Um, but it continued even after it hit media that it was a national trend. That continued for upwards of, you know, seven to ten more days. So Yeah, that connectivity at the Fusion Center is huge for our detectives to be able to reach out through the region, through the TLO network, uh, and just seeing what's trending, because it will sometimes pop it up on open source across the, the, the interweb, <laughs> that this was actually a stock photo or a Google image or something that they pulled from who knows where, and it, they're talking just generalities about a school that exists in multiple different states. Uh, but as we start to continue to look through those things, it's not that we're losing faith in the viability of this, of this threat or the credibility of this threat, but we are able to mitigate some of that by saying, look, this is something that's available to everybody. Somebody constructed this, and when they were able to source it, it came from another state, not specifically talking about Phoenix or Arizona, but it takes that work on the front end to try to help mitigate that threat. And that information is passed on to the schools. The schools then connect with the parents, and that's when the letter goes out. Right. Yeah, and this isn't to say don't let us know. Any, you know we've said repeatedly if you're within a school, a school district, whatever it is, and you get any information, don't allow yourself to try to mitigate or, or validate it. That's our job. Let us do that. We have efforts like Homeland that is hugely important, you know, in the intel gathering and sharing element. Brian, um, what's what's some of the dangers of, of, re, of reposting those? Well, some of the re dangers of it is if you're reposting it just uh, to 
to get a thrill out of it, you can be held liable for that as well. So a lot of these arrests that have been made, they're not for uh, interfering with a, a school process, but they're actually terroristic threats. That's what a lot of these individuals are being arrested for. So if you're reposting it with a malicious intent, now you can be held liable for that malicious intent and be charged with terroristic threats. What about the people who mean well and just say, I just I want everybody to make sure that they see this? What's happening with Yeah, them? absolutely. And and that's what we caution everybody on is don't repost it, just report it to us. Report it to the school directly. Don't send it to the school on their social media thread where it continues to get reposted and then pushed out further and further and you just kinda tend to to add fuel to the fire. Stop it. Let us know, report it to us, the school, and then let us go ahead and take care of it through our channels. So report, don't repost. Amen. Yeah. Great. Awesome. What else do you got for us? Uh, some of the other things that we want to put out there is for the parents. We understand that a lot of the people might listening to our, uh, our broadcast here aren't the students that are going to school, but you may have grandsons, you may have nieces, nephews, you may have children. Uh, there's somebody in your life that may be going to these schools, but have that difficult talk with them. Make sure that they understand that the people that they affiliate with uh, and associate with, if they're carrying guns to school, do not be part of that group. Um, there's a lot of that peer pressure that goes on in high schools. It was happening when we were all in school. Uh, so we understand that peer pressure aspect of it, but make sure you have that difficult conversation with your kids. So they want, we want that information, like we said, just be, uh, be, uh, try to be level-headed about it. Let's just try to you know, work together with the community, with the, uh, the school administration, with the parents. That connectivity is huge. We want them to sign up for the alerts. We want them to be engaged in going to the meetings and having those conversations with their students about uh, what to do when they come across a threat that they feel might have some credibility or have something to do with their school or their situation. Right. Yeah, and I think um, not to be the, the blunt one in this group, but as you're engaging with your kid, use your intuition. If you think your kid's up to something, understand that backpack's ultimately not theirs. It's yours. You can go in that backpack just as quick as school administration can. Their cell phones, that's yours. You know, Be the parent that's going to stop it even if it is your kid or, or if you feel that something's off with your kid. Be that parent that's going to you know, be part of the solution and, and get ahead of it. It's going to come down to that relationship that we're building with our kids and, and the one that they're still trying to build with their world and their students and right. you know, their friends and things. So, Well, I think it was an important topic, and thank you guys for that information. We appreciate it. I'd like to also thank uh, my producer, Pablo, for uh, helping us out again. And just remember, as always, you can help fight crime in your community, potentially earn a cash reward, and remain completely anonymous by sending tips to Silent Witness. Visit silentwitness.org and call 480-WITNESS. Visit us at phoenix.gov police and follow us on all social media platforms. Until next time, remember, we're all in this together. And be safe out there. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.